Welcome to The Greenhouse Effect. Our hope is that this podcast would be like a greenhouse to help you get unstuck and grow into your full potential because life ought to be fully lived. Welcome to Greenhouse Effect, everybody. I'm your host, Steve Perkins, here with my co-host, Tommy Thompson. Hello. Hello. And today is a really good one. We're excited to dive into this topic about, you know, just being clear and proactive about what you commit to in life. Well, this is this is a, such a key issue, and it's the place that we are so easily stumped up. It's true. I mean, there's so much coming at us every day that we feel the need to react to, whether it's, you know, the list of shows that I need to watch that people told me were amazing, or the emails in my inbox, or the people I need to respond to. I think partly because of technology, but for a lot of reasons, we're, we're inundated with options and things to react to every day. So the critical question that we're trying to get to is, how do we actually go about deciding about what we say yes to and what we say no to? Exactly. What if we were actually intentional about the choices we make and what we commit to, and we actually did decide what we say yes to and what we say no to? So take us into that a little bit. Well, I'll, I'll begin by how I learned this lesson in a very hard way. Uh, when the kids were young and our sons were into virtually every sport out there, one of the early decisions that we had was whether to engage them in the youth football world. And so we were already playing basketball and they'd played soccer for several seasons, but football seemed like a bigger deal. But of course, it was really difficult to say no to them because they I knew they would love football one day. And so we thought, well, what's the harm? Uh-huh. And so we said yes <laughs> to youth football. You guys can't see his face right now. Oh, but he my goodness. <laughs> we didn't realize from the moment we said yes for that full entire season, every afternoon from four to six o'clock plus was completely consumed with youth football. Saturdays were usually a four or five hour ordeal as teams would line up in queue to have their game played and we would wait and we would wait. Uh, By the time they finished playing football from four to six, they were completely exhausted. We had no dinner plans. We were completely exhausted. (laughs) It completely consumed our lives. By the time we got to the end of the season, and they had a good time, they wouldn't say it was a bad experience, but by the time we got to the end of the season, they had absolutely no energy. They were so exhausted from what the football season had done that they didn't want to play basketball, which was really (laughs) their favorite sport. Uh And all of a sudden, that one yes completely consumed our fall, completely consumed our family, and then uh, lasted all the way into the winter time. So it changed a half a year. Yeah. One yes uh-huh. changed a half a year. Yeah. So when you think back on that as an example, what what's the lesson there? Well, the lesson is how absolutely powerful the words yes and no are. And I think we just don't grasp 
what a difference those words make in our life, that those two words are probably the most powerful words in the English language. And so to understand that and to give those words the weight that they are due in terms of the impact that they can have on our everyday life. And even to recognize the the power you have as an individual to choose one of those words. And, and I think there's a mindset thing that we we might just assume, it may even be subconscious, we might assume that we have to say yes or no to things. Um, but even just to stop and realize you have a choice there. Well, it's also helpful to realize that uh, every yes is actually a no to something else. So when we think about one-sided, when we think about yes as opportunity, we feel like, well, we can't say yes. But in essence, by saying yes to certain things, we are by definition saying no to other things that that yes will preclude. And the same thing happens on the other side, that when we are strong enough and courageous enough to say no to things, we're opening up, opening up the possibility for much greater yeses in our life. So yes and no always have two sides of that same coin. Every yes is also a no to something else, and every no opens up the possibility of a yes. And so when we begin to understand that, it hopefully frees us up to understand those words and the impact they have on our life. You and I were just talking recently about an article you read um, about Warren Buffett and some of his habits and rituals in life and in business. And uh, something that caught my attention was he doesn't just set a list of goals every year. He actually does a a second step that's it sounds like he, he would say is even more important than the goals. And it's a list of avoid at all costs. I, I love that. That's just kind of like saying no with some strength. Yeah. <laughs> Avoid at all costs. Absolutely not. Not in my life depending on that. It's a great idea. Yeah. And it, it was cool to see in that article how, you know, that practice and that mindset for him is what he attributes a lot of his quote unquote success to. You know, when people ask him like, oh man, how have you done what you've done? Or how do you do life? How do you make investments so much more successfully? He, he points to this kind of saying yes and no intentionally. And I think he would say if he were here, I wish he was, I think he would say that if he had not learned to say no, he would have watered down all of his yeses. And that's the problem with uh, saying yes so easily. Okay, so there's an impact to which one we choose, yes or no, and they can really pack a a powerful punch depending on how we use them. So that's one thing. What about, um, what else is true about this choice between yes and no? Well, I think most of us are wired with uh, a bias towards one or the other, Uh that we're wired with a bias to always want to say yes to certain things, or or some people are wired to always want to say no. They just begin with no as the answer, and they uh, they hold back. Sometimes not from a Warren Buffett-like uh, motivation, but simply because no, uh, saying yes involves sticking your neck out. Mm-hmm. So it's important as we look at this issue and the impact 
that it has on us, it's important to understand how are we initially wired? What is our initial bias? I think both you and I have an initial bias to say yes, both because we don't want to miss out on opportunities. We're opportunity wired. We also don't like to disappoint people. So we want to say yes. The minute someone offers something, we're we're leaning towards yes in right. everything. And and understanding that bias can help us kind of counteract it a little bit. It's true. The self-awareness is is in this case so much so the first step. I know when I started realizing I was wired for yes, I realized that I was actually kind of afraid of missing opportunities because in my mind everything had this upside to it that I was going to miss if I said no. And and the pain the painful part about it was that I didn't yet know how good it would be. Well, exactly that that yes is actually saying no to something else and that yes is actually uh restricting other possible opportunities. So while we think we don't want to miss out on opportunities, the very yes is causing us to miss out on opportunities. <laughs> right. And then what happens for the person wired for no? What's going on mentally? Well, a lot of things can be going on. I mean, some people are just strong and it's it's not, you know, as much of an issue for them. Some people are uh, by nature very cautious. And that cautious nature might cause them to not be wired to take risk that could be tremendous in terms of opportunities for them. So they may actually need to kind of move towards the possibility of what are the great, great yeses that they could say yes to. Yeah. A no person might be wired to think, or or maybe a no... in working through this, a person wired to say no, they need to teach themselves how to think, well, what could the upside be? What could, what could possibly be good here if I did say yes? And, and what I've learned about myself as a, a person wired for yes is I actually need to look at the flip side and say, okay, assume I, I'm going to say no to this. What would I lose? And then kind of evaluate that. Right. And I think we should be um, honest that our culture – has a bias to yes. Our culture is creating a current where we feel like we should be saying yes to everything. We should be saying yes to opportunities for ourselves. We should be saying yes to opportunities for our kids, that it's almost neglectful to say no. And so our culture is really wired to create tremendous problems of overload for us because we don't know how to say no. It's true. And there's almost an undercurrent where we think it's, yeah, we think it's rude or disrespectful or somehow will hurt the other person's feelings if we say no. And what I've noticed, uh, especially the past few years, really thinking about this dynamic is when people say no respectfully, the person on the other side of that actually has a lot of respect for them and, and kind of is actually inspired by them oh, wow, you were able to do that <laughs> right. if they do it respectfully, obviously. But um, we were talking earlier about having kind of a canned response or some mechanism for um, working on growing in this area. Right. So I think there, I think there are a, a lot of uh, different aspects to this. I think the goal that we're trying to look towards 
for our lives. You and I are trying to look towards this, but hopefully people listening are trying to look towards this too, is that place where our yes is not just yes, it's yes. It's something that we're saying yes to a vital few, to something that is important, really valuable, not just okay in our lives. So that yes becomes something that has a lot of power to it. And that we learn to actually say no, particularly when it comes to uh, average, when it comes to mediocre, and when it becomes a no to those time wasters in our life. Think about the power that would happen if we could begin to say no to so many things like social media, to uh, even TV shows, to things that we know actually just drain our lives. Uh, people in our lives, perhaps, that drain. So no can be an incredible uh, tool for our growth. There's something here as well about uh, being present and kind of listening in your life. So just yesterday this happened where um, my wife Ashley and I were trying to decide in the morning what to do with our day. And it had already been a pretty frantic, busy weekend. And our default was to just follow the schedule and what we had on the calendar. And I, I felt the pull of, well, yeah, we got we to gotta stick to that because there's good stuff there and that's what we were planning to do. But when I really stopped, we, we kind of did a smart thing. This doesn't usually happen, but <laughs> we were smart and we kind of stepped back for a minute and just thought about it. You know, we didn't rush into the decision. And just for five minutes, I kind of thought about, man, I think we're just a little burnt out right now. I think we could use a breather and just a day together and just to be together and not have a lot to rush around to. So that that's a perfect example. And particularly for people like you and I that are wired to yes, one of the, uh, one of the great tactics to be able to use is when we're asked to do something, to step back to pause. And we're going to talk about this more in some future episodes, but the power of a pause when we're asked to say yes or no enables us to step back and really evaluate it. Is this one of those vital few or is this a time waster? And so there are very nice ways you can do this. I just need to check my calendar uh-huh. before I, I give you an answer on this. So there are lots of different ways that before we say that impulsive yes or that just automatic no, that we step back just briefly to give ourselves time so that we are giving the right answer on it, that we are considering the implications of this yes. If I had paused more before that youth football decision, perhaps I might have thought differently about it. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, I've I've figured out a bit of a a response for myself, which is usually, you know, let me get back to you. I need to check with my wife and, and our calendar. And If If only people knew you weren't married. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Ashley. (laughs) Oh, wait. Are you lying? (laughs) It's been cool because it had an unintended positive side effect that I actually needed to do that anyway just to keep good communication with her and, and her with me. And so, you know, there's all these 
positive side effects of of taking that pause. Of course, you don't want to overthink everything and right. delay decisions forever. But that's not what we're advocating. I think I think people get the point. Yes, it, it absolutely does help you get on the same page when your yes or your no has implications on other people that you uh, are in relationship with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, well, what what could people kind of try if they want to, if they're inspired by this and, and want to implement it? So I think they're, they're, this is a little bit of a two-part answer. The first thing is for you to confess, so to speak, <laughs> what is your natural bias? To think, how am I naturally wired? Am I one of those that always wants to say yes, that always wants to please the person on the other end, that always wants to avoid missing the opportunities, or I'm I one that's always holding things back away from me, that's always prone to say no. So the first part is identify clearly your personal bias. Then from there, this week, give it a try to when uh, confronted with an opportunity, a yes or a no, to take a pause and to think, is this answer that I'm about to give, is this just my natural answer or is this the right answer for this particular opportunity? So good. I think I'm going to try that myself. <laughs> um, so in a minute, we're going to give you guys the book recommendation today, which is one of my all-time favorites. So I'm really excited. But first, let me uh, cut to our um, our friends at Belay and give you a chance to hear about them. Here at Greenhouse Effect, we are big fans of our friends at Belay Solutions, a company that provides incredibly top-notch virtual staffing. They actually provide us with executive assistance, but they also staff bookkeepers, web specialists, and social media managers. And the thing is, their customer experience is just incredible, and they have a way of finding just the right people for your needs. So we want to give you a taste of what it's like to work with Belay from one of their clients, Dave Richards, the CEO of Elite Performance Associates. Belay saved me when I was focused on growing my business. You know, I can think of recently, um, I was working with a high profile, uh, you know, federal government agency on a conference for them. And it had a lot of moving parts. You know, my VA allowed me to confidently let go of all of those things and just focus solely on preparing content and delivering a high value program to the client. Belay follows up with me, how can I give more this constant prodding of, you know, how do you, how can we help you more? How can we pull more from your plate so that you can do, you know, what you're meant to do and what you're best at? If you resonate with any of this and want more information, go to belaysolutions.com slash next step. The link is also in the show notes and we've partnered with Belay to give you $200 off your startup fees. Okay, Tommy, what is our book recommendation for everybody? Well, I really need to be let, letting you speak on I this. I, I've read this book too and absolutely loved it. But Greg McCowan's Essentialism, and you should you should speak to this. Yeah, so anyone who knows me has heard about this one. And I've had the, the chance to meet Greg and hear from him in a few different uh, arenas. But 
basically the the book Essentialism is all about um, realizing, taking the time to realize what is your purpose, what is important, what is priority, and and spending the majority of your time on those vital few things. And Which so, is the yes and no. It's exactly yeah. the yes and no. And he, he uses a phrase I love. He says, do less but better. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do less things but do them better. And when I read the book, I did an experiment for six months um, at, in my work where I cut everything else out and I focused on one thing. And it felt so painful. I thought for sure I'm going to uh, get dinged for this. You know, I was in a corporate environment. I thought for sure this is going to hurt me. Ended up being one of the highlights of my career. Got more accolades for that than anything else I'd ever done. It it really kind of proved the point to me. And so um, – I took it a step deeper and Greg really, really dives into this concept um, to more, you know, more levels of depth and of nuance. It is definitely a game changer book. It is. And and it's not just about saying yes or no. It's also about getting clear on what's most significant, what, what's not just important today, but what's important in the longer, in the longer run. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe and come on, do us a favor. Leave a five-star review. It'll help others find the show too.